0: Hi, everybody. This is Chuck Sype, Assistant Superintendent for Roxbury Schools, here to talk about a really exciting opportunity that our district has been able to afford teachers as a part of our post-COVID recovery plan. So before we go too far and start I start sharing what that is, I'd like to invite my guests today to introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about their role here in our district.
1: I'm Amy Gallagher. I'm the director of special services. I've been here for about five years. Um and while my role is, is specific to special services, I, I like to think that I'm here as an advocate for all of our students.
2: Hi, um, my name is Meredith Maffeo Spitzer, and I have had several roles in the district. Um, I started as a teacher, uh, actually in the uh, preschoolers with disabilities uh, classroom, and then I went on to being, uh, became a learning disabilities teacher consultant. Um, on the child study team. And actually, I've been a parent here. Uh, both of my kids have graduated from Roxbury High School. And uh, now I am back as a teacher coach.
0: All right. So, we're going to dive pretty deep into the idea of teacher coach as we go on. But let's set it up a little bit. Um, as school districts everywhere were embarking on the wild west, the unknown of um, virtual instruction after the school buildings were closed due to the pandemic. We realized almost immediately that, one, nobody was really well prepared. I think our district had a pretty well thought out plan as you were kind of looking into the darkness. Um, But as time went on, we and many others evolved that plan to try and meet the needs of our students, teachers, and families to the best we possibly could from a distance in uncharted territory and I'd like to think that we made made it through that as best as we possibly could. Nothing is perfect. Of course, it, hindsight being 2020, there's lots of things we probably could have and would have changed had we had the the experience previously. But some of the measures the district has taken to recover from that, I am particularly proud of. And that's kind of the focus of today's show, one of those aspects being our teacher-coach partnership with, with Meredith. So we did focus on trying to do a little recovery effort in academic areas, in mental health areas, and in physical health areas, not only for students who are our primary focus, but also our staff. Uh, I think too frequently school districts focus their energy solely on students, which is our primary objective, and the staff as human beings get lost in that journey. And I don't just mean the teachers, I mean paraprofessionals, I mean administrators, everybody, the, the cafeteria staff, custodians. All of the members that go into the operations of a school district play a vital role. And so what have we done to support those individuals in their recovery because they went through professional turmoil during that time, as well as personal? They are people with with lives, and that those two things intersect in a very complex way. And so I, I'm particularly proud of this idea as a part of our wellness efforts to partner with a teacher coach, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So um, that I feel like falls into the into all three prongs, right? That's part of an academic recovery effort. You're going to hear more about it. It's part of a mental health recovery effort, as well as a physical um, recovery effort. Um, although it's not so much the last; it's really primarily that academic and mental recovery. Um, Meredith's partnership has really been critical um, for lots of staff members. So let's start with Amy. The whole idea of partnering. With Meredith and identifying the teacher coach role and trying to frame out that responsibility came out came from Amy as a, as a really needed element to how we get back to where we need to be and go further. So Amy, talk to us about the idea and what you envisioned when we didn't know what this role looked like.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the idea came from conversations that we were having with Thrive Alliance. So Thrive Alliance is. A company that we contract with for mental health supports, both in the general education and special education realm. Um, They work with our students um, both in school. They work with families. They do group, individual, and when when COVID hit um, and we were seeing all of the effects, you know, we recognized that there was this you know mental health crisis, and so we were trying to anticipate what that would look like in our schools. Um, and what we realized very quickly is that the responsibilities of the teachers were changing rapidly because it was no longer the, the sole focus was curricular in their support of students. They were having to be this, this whole support for the student. They were dealing with students that had um, dealt with trauma, that had dealt with loss, and they themselves were dealing with their own traumas and loss and everything that you know existed during that COVID time period. So in the conversation um, with with Thrive Alliance, I approached them and said, look, we're dealing with this struggle. We need to think out of the box here. And one of the things that I love about Roxbury so much is there really is that freedom for us to kind of present a problem and think out of the box. We're not so tied to you know, what is everybody else doing to solve this problem? We can be at the forefront of solving these problems. Um, And that's where this came from. We were seeing an uptick in referrals to the child study team and special services. And we realized that these, these weren't students with disabilities per se. These were students that were affected by the pandemic. And it wasn't fair for the students to put this label on them, um, when that really wasn't you know, the, the core of the issue. So um, through, through that relationship, through the Thrive relationship, we determined that we wanted a, a coach to come in to work with the teachers themselves to help manage all of these new responsibilities with the new challenges that our students were presenting in the classroom. Um, so we brought in some behaviorists to help get us data Um, to support, you know, are the problems that we think we're seeing what we're actually seeing? Um, You know, is this a classroom struggle? Is this a student struggle? Is this a teacher struggle? Um, And so that helped to really fuel where the teacher coach's focus was. And we were lucky enough through that process to have Meredith... Return to us in this new role, in something that I believe she's meant to do. Um, the work that she does is truly, truly amazing, amazing, and it's a game changer. It's been a, a game changer for the district for sure. All
0: right, so I, I jumped in before you could, Meredith, and so I just want to echo Amy's thoughts because we couldn't be happier as a district to have Meredith back in our schools. Uh, when when you left. Um, to pursue other professional ventures, you, you did leave a void here and were so highly regarded as a staff member, not only as a member of the child study team, but also as a teacher. And I do believe that those experiences have definitely had a profound impact on your ability to then kind of provide the sage wisdom, support, guidance, ideas for this, the staff members you have worked with. So. I just I just wanted to like I'm, we're super excited that you're back working with our staff and our students. Well,
2: thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Sometimes uh, I mean I there was never any oh well when I left it was uh, it was just some personal things but and I'm so happy to be back. Um, it is this job is a culmination of my life's work. That's the way I feel about it um, and I, Roxbury is the place to do it because they are always uh, really looking for new ideas and they truly do care about their staff. Um, something that can be easily taken for granted. But I know that I've seen it from both sides. I've seen it from the staff side. I've seen it from um, the other side of the desk as well. Uh, But, you know, I've worked from preschool through high school now. Um, I have a psych degree, you know, and um, I've worked in special services and, you know, elementary with high school. So it really is just My entire life's work. And I love teachers. Anybody that knows me knows I love teachers. So they need support right now. And and that's a a true fact across the country. It's not just Roxbury. Um, So for me to be able to have this opportunity to support them has just really uh, exceeded every expectation I've had. So thank you
0: for having me. Of course, so so Amy leverages. So Amy has this idea, right? We're going back in time. Amy has this idea. She leverages a pre-existing partnership with um, Thrive Alliance, which is has been really supportive for our students um, in an ongoing basis, way before we struggled with the pandemic and recovering from it. So then we just are fortunate to partner with you as a part of that idea. So let's start with what do you see, or what did you see? Maybe it's changed as the primary role of the teacher coach when this original pitch came, how has that evolved and how did you then go about partnering with teachers, identifying those in need, right? Because I highly doubt you kind of went door to door and are like, Hey, how can I help you? Uh, Because that's not exactly how people who are in need of assistance go about getting that Mm -hmm. assistance, right? It's generally a little bit more challenging to solicit. So, Maybe part of that is Amy talked about data gathering from the beginning. As we talk about teacher coach and that idea and what the structure looks like here in Roxbury, I do want to make the point before we go too much further that the purpose of the teacher coach position and the role Meredith plays alongside our staff is specifically to support the teacher as a teacher and the entirety of what comes with being a professional in the educational field these days. Lots of districts have coaches, but those coaches are really academic driven, how to teach math, how to teach literacy, and are generally at, found at the elementary level. So, I just, before we go too much further, I want to make the point that what Meredith does to support our teachers here is more about them as teachers and their profession and supporting their mental health, their professional health, as opposed to being academically driven with specific, specific strategies about instruction. So let's start there with with the position. What what was it? What has it become? Maybe they're the same. Maybe they're different. Tell us about that.
2: Well, I love that you guys really acted on this thought right away and brought me in last January, um, you know, as soon as uh, I could really move on. Um, so it was mid-year. It wasn't like, oh, this is an initiative for next year. Like, no, this is a need and we need to start now. So uh, I went to all of the faculty meetings and just kind of introduced uh, the support. And honestly, we... It was really had at that point um, a lot of potential and I could be a lot of we very creative with the support that was given and we weren't really sure what direction it was going to be. We just knew the teachers were fried and um, stressed and, uh, you know, many were walking out the door uh, in school districts. So it, it was just the ones that were open to it brought me in and I would talk to them. And really, um, I think the key is to validate the teacher's experience Um I think validation is the key for anything. If we're de-escalating student behavior, you know, in any kind of relationship and any kind of uh, emotions is to validate what they're going through because it's it's real. And, um, and then figure out, like, what strengths do they have? Like, how can we leverage those strengths? And then um, identify those areas that where we can support them with some different tools, um, whether it be self-care tools, whether it be classroom management tools, um, whether it be understanding your students, connecting with your students. Um, That was a a big one, just building that rapport with them. Uh, So last year was a lot of triage, I would say, and just uh, going in and just kind of helping everybody get through that school year um, because that was a a tough one. Uh, And then this year I started with the new teachers, um, which which was great because if you think about it, many of these teachers have done virtual student teaching have done, if they have had, fortunate to have some in-person student teaching experience, they've had virtual classes. And, uh, you know, it's not quite the same, you know, when you're doing that educational training, whether you're in person or uh, whether you're doing it virtually. So a lot of their backgrounds were missing some gaps, just like our students are missing some gaps in our education. So that was wonderful. I met with all of them and it was great to see, to help those kindergarten teachers get started, the young teachers, you know, because that classroom management is so important uh, in the beginning of the year for them. Um, and the, and it's been, uh, now this year, it's been um, a layer of support between administration and the teachers. And one part of the program, a component that's, that's really important is the confidentiality piece. I take their trust very seriously. Um, I know it takes a long time to earn trust and it can take a second to lose it, so I don't take a minute of that for granted. Um, and they've been, uh, teachers have been very open with me about things that are going on in their lives personally, and then, you know, professional things as well. So the, I am someone they can talk to without, uh, as somebody said, any kind of fear of retribution, you know, not that that's a, maybe a realistic fear, but for them they are. And especially starting a new, uh, position in a new district, Some people don't know, uh, they don't have allies yet. They don't have friends, um, in the district. They don't know who to ask the questions to um, sometimes you're in a situation where you're partnered with a teacher who is really not happy, right. As, as some people are, and that can be difficult too, when you're that wide eyed, excited teacher and you're ready to start. And, uh, you know, that can be a tough balance and, and to navigate those relationships. But, um, so that was great, really kind of set them off on a, on a strong, um, a strong start in their classrooms. And I do know that if we hadn't made some of these slight pivots, they would be in a much different situation right now. <laughs> Just these little tweaks that you can make that seem little in September by March would be exponential in effect. So um, that's been fun. And then as the program's gone on, uh, we I've found other leave replacements too. Um, they sometimes don't get the attention even of the new teachers, uh, but we can see you know, their impact with the students is is just as important. So um, I've gone to visit some of them. uh, And then and also some really um, seasoned vet teachers. Um, I've followed up with ones from last year and been connected with new teachers. Uh, What's been nice has been kind of word of mouth. People will be like, oh, have you met with uh, Meredith? And they they kind of refer me uh, to each other, which takes the stigma out of it, too. Unfortunately, I think there is a bit of that stigma. Some teachers who are very good teachers are, well, I don't need, I don't need help. I don't need support. And they're like, why not just talk to somebody and see if you can get a different perspective and, you know, nothing's going on in your evaluation and anything you tell her is, uh, is confidential. So it's been definitely a privilege. So,
0: so I just want to go back to something that I don't want to get lost in that initial explanation, which is the importance of confidentiality mm-hmm. and so in full disclosure, when we were coordinating this recording, I asked for a teacher or two to join us who could talk about their experience with Meredith. And one of the, the pieces we discussed in planning was that that really starts to compromise that relationship. And so we respect that. And we want that, that trust you've built to be something that teachers can rely on. Uh, you mentioned the fact that there is no fear that the 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 stigma that is too frequently associated with needing for help, and I'm not just talking about a teacher who needs assistance being a better teacher. I'm talking about a still general, too generalized um, stigma associated with anyone who is seeking help. You know, mental health assistance, academic health, right? Like I remember being a teacher and kids. Uh, if you didn't understand why do you come for extra help, I'm like, well, I didn't want you to think I I didn't know it, right? Like that mentality of if I reach out and seek assistance that's seen as something that's negative. So um, I do respect your desire to really maintain that confidentiality. My hope is that the teachers appreciate the, the strides and steps that we have taken to really ensure that they can be confident in that. Um, and so one of the things that you mentioned as a part of that is the word of mouth referrals, which I think is important, right? I think it's one thing for an administrator to say to a teacher, a staff member, a colleague, hey, I think you would benefit from working with Meredith. Um, which I know has happened, um, but I really find great value in the idea that word of mouth has become kind of a the the impetus for growing your support, right? Teachers saying, because what that demonstrates is if they're able to say like, hey, I met with this person, they helped me, and they can help you, it demonstrates a couple of things. It demonstrates a confidence that you have been able to provide them assistance and continue to, but it also um, demonstrates to me that staff members together are, are um, desiring to support one another, right? Like there's not this isolation. Teaching has too frequently been an isolated type of profession, right? The kids come in, you shut the door, you're on your own, right? Like that connection between staff to say, hey, I really think, you know, working with this person, working with Meredith can help you. And then teachers do it Right. So like that word of mouth referral, I really think is important. And so I wonder how you've continued to use that to grow your impact.
2: Yeah, I just that sense of connection and community is so important. I mean, if I could just go back to that for a second, when we see that from, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs to the U.S. Surgeon General just released that uh, framework for um, mental health and wellness in the workplace. And that is a big component over years. And, um, uh, no matter who studies it, it's important. Um, it eases anxiety and depression and, um, you know, creates happiness for sure. Um, and that's something I think you're fairly good at, but I do think that when people know I'm working with them and they're working with somebody, like there is like a, OK, good. You know, and they, they can they can talk about me, you know, <laughs> amongst each other. But um, but I never cross that line. And I'll, I will tell them that very you know, if they were to say, I heard you talk to. You know, it's just between me and you.
1: One of the things that I think um, has is is important to note is that in teacher uh, in teacher education programs, and teacher prep, there really is not that much of a focus on teaching classroom management skills and how to handle the behaviors of students and the challenges, what, what the challenges that students are, are experiencing at home, what that looks like um, in the school setting. And, you know, we just assume that teachers are going to figure that out on their own. And that's a big ask of teachers. That really is a big ask. Um, and so bringing in a teacher coach that can be that second set of eyes in a classroom, I think is so, so important. And there's two things that I've seen um, as as um, outcomes of the support that Meredith is providing. And number one is we have seen when we're going in as administrators and we are providing um, feedback via observations, um, pop-in visits, and so forth, We're assuming that teachers know what we're asking of them when we give them feedback. As administrators, we go into a lot of classrooms, so we get to see a lot of different approaches to instruction, to student feedback, to um, behavior management. Teachers know what exists in their classroom, and maybe they get a chance to visit other classrooms, but they really don't get to experience that. Having Meredith in the classroom with them, to show them, to help give them those little, you know, oh, did you notice this? I saw this student doing this. Those are the little tidbits that the teachers benefit from that an administrator, as much as we want to be able to step in and do that, because we are responsible for evaluating teachers, there is always going to be that level of restraint from the teacher in sharing those things and being vulnerable. And I think that that is, that's, you know, the difference maker in, you know, the support that Meredith provides.
2: Yeah. If I could just uh, piggyback on that when I, uh, I mean, support for teachers looks completely different for every teacher. They decide first of all, whether they want to participate and then how that participation looks to them. There are several different types of, uh, Coaching, and one of them is live coaching, right? We have a teach and support, um, and then I have just conversations, so I can go in and model a lesson for them. I, I stay away from curriculum. Um, most of the lessons that I do are really just um, behavioral or social emotional lessons, just to show them how, you know, I'm like. Well, I always tell the teacher, show me your ugly. Like you, you show the administrators, you know, the, um, the, the best lessons, right? Show me the ugly ones. Where are you struggling? That's what let's, let's start there. Where's your toughest point in the day? Otherwise we're kind of wasting our time. Right. So, (laughs) so, uh, I've seen uh, what behaviors are the kids exhibiting that's driving you crazy. Like, you know, even if it's tattling for the little guys or the older guys, like giggling inappropriately. So, and then we can just do a little target mini lesson on that. And And the kids do like it. It's somebody different, a new face, and they do follow up on it. Usually, um, we together, we create some kind of visual to have in the classroom to serve as a reminder. So we can do those mini lessons. Sometimes I'm just uh, there in the background, and I give little cues, you know, little hand gestures, or I'll go over and whisper something and help that teacher through a a tough moment, or they're not sure when to pull a small group and what to do when they get a small group. A lot of it's behavior management, too. Also modeling that... um, Firmness, but kindness, right? Because again, along with that connection is we the kids need to see that we care. So I always do the three C's, you know, we need to be calm, we need to have a connection, we need to show that we care. So um, that's a, one of the, the threads that goes through um, that type of in, in the classroom support. Um, but after we meet, uh, I always follow up with an email, and with that email, um, they never have to take notes when we talk, um, or obviously when I observe. But um, I always follow up with an email, and it's specific strategies, research-based, evidence-based strategies. Often there's resources, um, videos, little things, um, a games idea, ideas for games and such. Um, so everyone gets some personalized uh, feedback for them at the end. And I try to link them throughout the year because I think it's really important usually at the beginning of the year. And then now toward the end of the year, I'm like, go back and look at that first email. You know, look at how far you've come because when we're in it, just like we don't see our kids grow, like we don't see ourselves grow. And so it's really nice to just take that five minutes and go back and look at like, wow, look at what you've accomplished this year.
0: So I I think I've said this maybe on the last two or three episodes because it keeps coming up and being so relevant. And this is not my idea, but you just said it really well. And in a practical format is somewhere along the line, I heard this expression and I keep saying it differently because I don't remember precisely what was said, but it's it's a word of caution not to celebrate the success so much as celebrating the journey, right? The opportunity to grow and improve that led to the success so I love that you are taking a moment to really emphasize and give permission for celebration. Celebrate how the journey. Celebrate where you started and how far you've come. Because there are so many aspects that contribute to that, including a commitment and a dedication to your craft. But in fairness, we oftentimes will are happy to encourage the students to do that right? Let's enjoy the journey you were on. Look how much better you're doing. Look at how your commitment to excellence has facilitated growth and improvement, but we don't realize the need for adults to do the same thing. And sometimes it takes someone like yourself giving people permission uh, to not only want to celebrate that thing, but permission to pause and recognize that there are hard things in life. Teaching is one of them. I've said it a million times. I'll continue to Teaching is a really hard job. Uh, it shouldn't be surprising that there is a shortage of teachers uh, because it's really, really complicated. Um, and so taking a moment to pause and give that permission to say, look at the journey you've taken. Look how far you've come. And which kind of leads us into one of the things we're going to close up with here, which is, so you've taken the last 18 months or so to really work with teachers. You talked about how it went from a triage format to to really focusing on new teachers and then evolving into teacher needs and the word of mouth, which is really exciting to hear the evolution of your impact on our district. But how do you know? All right, that always kind of comes up. How do you know that the work you're doing is having an impact? I'll ask a much more plain question, which is one, you know, people are probably thinking is, how do we know the money getting spent is worth it? right we can hypothesize like i would be happy to defend you're worth it all right i know you as a professional i know you personally right like i know that you're an exceptional educator you're a wonderful amazing person and the impact you have on teachers is something i'd be confident to talk about having seen exactly zero seconds of your interactions with staff in this role as teacher coach but we often need more than that right education is a data-driven business this whole idea started from amy with collecting data How did we know what to do we collected data we made a decision based on the data so how do you measure impact um and what are the next steps you're right so as you continue to evolve your influence on the teachers and the students in our school district what has your information you've gathered told you and what should we look forward to considering as we as we continue to want to always serve and support the students and the teachers
2: Well, uh, I think it is important to collect data, even a a program like this. Um, At the end of last year, I always survey the staff uh, who's participated um, and find out uh, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, what were the most important components, um, and what is maybe something that we're missing. And then that's helped set up uh, the structure for this year. This year, we did the same thing, and uh, we did a a mid-year survey with the ones that I was working with uh, most often. Um, and ask them some questions just to help figure out how to pivot for the the spring. And um, it is anonymous too, so they can say whatever they want on these. And I actually encourage, I want to grow myself. So I always encourage them like to please identify some some other need or something else, uh, another way that I can um, help meet their needs. Uh, And then at the end of this year, I just asked for, you know, some feedback. Um, And to be honest, I was blown away. I, I with what they said, oh, yeah. you know, um, it was really, I'm going to get a little emotional. It was a little humbling, um, to read some of their comments and to, you know, just to, to know that some teachers were ready to walk out, you know, um, and, you know, you have these conversations with them, but, you know, I don't think I even understood the depth of what they were going through and what their emotions were at that time. Um, and to see how they have benefited from it. Um, and and to get their feedback at the end of the year was very humbling um, from my perspective.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, my work with Meredith, you know, similar to Chuck, I'm not in the classroom. I don't I don't see the direct interactions between Meredith and and the staff. Um, but <laughs> I do meet with Meredith throughout the year periodically just to check in. How are things going? Is there anything we can do to support you? Is there anything we need to know on a larger scale? Um, Again, maintaining that confidentiality, but just talking big, uh, you know, larger scale there. Um, But she provides these reports uh, at the end of last year, mid-year, and, you know, we're just wrapping up on our end-of-year report um, this year. And I have seen so, the tone of the comments from the staff has changed from kind of a desperation for help. To just an overwhelming gratefulness for being acknowledged, for acknowledging the struggle, for being the one that they can um, confide in and feel supported by. It's tremendous. And I think, you know, reading these excerpts from the staff really is a testament to the work that is being done. And from an administrative standpoint, I can say, you know, I'm seeing growth in our staff. I'm seeing staff that feels more fulfilled, that feels less overwhelmed by what is being asked of them because they know that they have somebody that they can go to, that can process things with them, that they trust, that they can have these open and honest conversations. And that's going to be equally as open and honest right back with them. I have seen such a tremendous difference in our staff, especially, our new staff that have been worked so closely with Meredith, um, I think that they are are coming out of this year as as just a, a more solid educator that isn't questioning their path, you know. Which which is a very real fear right now in education is you know teacher retention. And I'm feeling like you know we are doing right by the teachers in our in our district.
0: I'm actually glad, Amy, you just said that as one of our closing thoughts, which is a focus on teacher retention. All right, There's so much talk about um, teacher recruitment these days, but part of the solution to the recruitment issue is is retention. Keep the people you have and support them, help them feel valued and um, trusted in their profession, and then you don't have to worry about recruitment because you've solved the problem by retaining. And Meredith... You know, kind of starts that conversation with a really great point that must be acknowledged and emphasized. Teacher burnout is real. Um, Teaching is a really hard job. Um, oftentimes, you go home wondering if you've made any difference, although you've left your heart and soul in the classroom with however many children you had the opportunity to um, to work with on that particular day. And there are lots of days I remember in in my various capacities as well, leaving, be like, I wonder if I'm I'm cut out for this. Or this is where I'm meant to be, and that's a real struggle for a lot of teachers. So teacher burnout is a real thing, and um, as education continues to evolve, uh, it it the evolution sadly goes the wrong direction because it is this ongoing theme of wanting more with less. You know, there are more things to teach, more needs to service with less resources, less time, less people, less money, uh, and those that balance is <laughs> inequitable. And so uh, I really applaud Amy's idea here, the, the tireless work Meredith is doing with our staff to try to rebalance that equation um, so that our teachers can feel validated, successful, and supported, which has a direct impact on student success and student happiness. Um, and you know, it's just important to note there, student success isn't only academic, it's the feeling they get when they come to school. All right, it's the feeling our teachers and staff have when they get up each morning. And should I just stay home and take a day or should I go there? Right? How do, I, how do we encourage teachers to really feel valued? And I, I do believe Meredith is a humongous part of that solution. Um, and so we couldn't be more grateful for the work you're doing. Thank you for being you. Thank you for the ways that you are supporting teachers in an ongoing basis. You bring up the point about follow up and feedback, and it's an ongoing conversation where you're celebrating the journey they are on. Uh, we we couldn't be more thankful for what you're doing for our, our teachers and our kids. Um, and so the the partnership is is incredible. Last thoughts? Any last thoughts?
1: Um, my last thought is you know just one of appreciation. I I thank Meredith for the dedication. To our district, um, your impact is is really limitless in the district. I thank Thrive uh, in our partnership. They have always walked alongside of us through this journey of education, helping us, you know, to meet the various needs of the students. So I'm just very, very appreciative of that work and of the community for allowing us to do right by students um, and, and giving us the freedom to to do what we know is best for students.
2: Yes, it's similar. I was going to say gratitude is my uh, thought. I'm extremely grateful to be back here. Uh, more importantly, I'm extremely grateful to the staff for trusting me this year. And that goes from teachers, counselors, child study team members, paraprofessionals. Um, i, I very grateful for that. i um, grateful to be with the kids because uh, I did uh, miss that for a while and it's, it's great to see them. So um, and I just thank you all for the opportunity, truly.
0: All right. Thanks for listening uh, to this episode of Schoolhouse Rocks. Hopefully you've learned one more thing that we believe makes Roxbury an amazing place to teach and learn. Have a great day.